back to Refried Reviews, the podcast where we watch movies again so you don't have to. And good God, does that apply this week. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I'm John. JP. And uh, yeah, we, uh, at my behest, and I'm sorry, man. I'm really <laughs> sorry. We rewatched The Dark Knight Rises um, because, we, cause, cause, I mean, for catharsis. <laughs> we kind of had to. Um, There's a lot to re-examine. Yeah, there was. I mean, it was a. This was a post-mortem. Like when we watched The Fountain, we were like, okay, let's like really think about this and like you know delve into the meanings. Or like when we watched Spinal Tap, it was about like look at all the subtle things they did. <laughs> this was an autopsy. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> that's what you're in for. Um, we're we're gonna try and examine where this thing went wrong and actually the degree to which it went wrong. And that's something I, I really want to talk about is how. Um, expectations towards this movie kind of shaped my and probably your initial uh reaction to it mm-hmm. so yeah how how did you when did you first see the thing i mean, presumably when you came when it came out you're an opening weekend kind of guy yeah i think I, I probably saw it the opening day um from what i remember uh breaking bad was having their big art exhibit thing yeah at the time and uh so the prints would go up online and they give you kind of a time range, and then you had to to buy it immediately. That's yeah. how it worked. And uh, one of them fell square during my showtime. Yeah. So I was kind of the asshole peeking at his phone and, like, scooting over to the side door to check it out there. Yeah. So a movie that's already pretty big and confusing and convoluted was was even more so. I wouldn't call this narrative streamlined, no. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So So what did you think of it? Um, the first time I saw it, I mean, I, we, we can get into it a little later, but my, my silver, my sort of overall impression was, I, I really like how, how ballsy it is. I like a lot of the imagery. If you pay too much attention to the plotting, it, it gets destroyed pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Don't think too hard about this movie. Um, so it was a, it was a fun summer experience, I guess is, is how I'd put it until I started thinking about it more. Yeah, it uh, and and that's that's an experience I had actually again watching it Friday night. Um, but uh, when I first saw it, I went and saw it with uh, our mutual friend Sean, who mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think it's fair to say Sean tends to be a little bit more critical of most things than the average bear. Sure, not in a bad way, but he he tends to kind of you know, of uh, uh, he he's a little bit less maybe willing to meet a movie halfway when it's <laughs> when it's kind of fucking up uh-huh. you know i feel like that's fair to say yeah um, he's a pretty big bat fan isn't he too he's an enormous bat fan yeah, yeah we thought. were both so excited we, we he came over to my apartment we uh we took a couple of slugs of whiskey we were like yeah this is gonna be great <laughs> and then we sat there and watched it and it was like um it, it felt like i was trying to get a boner while my parents watched me <laughs> like i was like someone who knew better was there yeah, like like I well no it, it wasn't no Sean's not my parents in this analogy like sure. my, my it's just some device that keeps me from getting a boner. Um, <laughs> this isn't a great analogy, but like something inhibitory. Yeah, like I was watching this really hot strip show and it's Batman and it's running around, but like I just can't quite like it's not working mm-hmm. and I'm a little confused. I don't know why, but um, but then at the end I remember like you know the end moment where where um, spoilers again. I don't know why I keep saying that it's refried reviews guys come on um <laughs> yeah we might make that a blanket rule <laughs> yeah like we're gonna spoil the shit out of everything this is episode seven you know that by now um but yeah at the end when like that woman says to joseph gordon levitt's character you should use your given name robin it's a nice name i almost stood up and said fuck you <laughs> and that was the moment i was like no this really like th- there there was nothing here like i was pretty beaten down by that point but then at the end sean looks at me and goes well I guess we may as well go see Amazing Spider-Man now, <laughs> <laughs> which was the other like, why even make this movie that came out this that summer? Yeah, I mean, it's something that you probably pick up on over time with this show, but you can often tell how I feel about a movie or a property based on whether it sounds like I'm trying to make it work in my head or whether I'm trying to pick it apart. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. This is a movie you had to make work, um, and this is actually. That, that very much colors my experience watching it Friday night um, because I actually, honestly, I still don't think it's a good movie, but I enjoyed it quite a bit more Friday night than I did in the theater that day. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot more. Hmm. Um, yeah, because I think it really benefits from being freed of the expectations of Dark Knight. Sure. Because Dark Knight is 
stellar. Like it's it's gonna go down in history as a classic film. Um, it's really 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 good, and this just isn't. Um, and it it felt like such a betrayal that the exact same team that had given me this thing I love and a thing I kind of liked in Batman Begins. In mm-hmm. fact, I'd say I loved it until I saw Dark Knight and was like, oh, wait, I want that. <laughs> um, I want the shinier toy. Um, it's, you know, it, 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 they gave me this and I just, I just couldn't, I just couldn't get my bat boner at all. Um, yeah. It was frustrating. But, uh, but this time watching it, it felt... Well, you, you're probably also a little bit freed from the expectations of the movie you were about to watch, as you'd seen it before. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah, I kind of knew what you I was knew in what for. to expect and what not to expect. <laughs> yeah, I knew it was kind of a dumb actiony movie, and I found myself in the first hour kind of going, "Oh my god!" Like this, I actually have written down here in my notes. I think I might like this movie. This is uncomfortable. <laughs> um, but then it kept going, and I didn't like it anymore. Um, but I actually believe that there might be a version of this movie you could cut together that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and we we can kind of go into the plot, and I'll I'll talk about the parts that I think you could cut out. Mm-hmm. But like, the first hour or so came together a lot better than I remembered it coming together. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, once I knew like we're going towards Bane in the siege state, like, I was like, okay, like Bane's kind of an effective villain. I like him. Um, I I'm interested in what he does next and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, we can go ahead and dive into it. It uh, it starts with that plane rescue. Right. Um, which is really cool and well staged, but also shows one of the key flaws of the whole movie there mm-hmm. at the beginning. Like Bane has some dialogue, and I forget exactly what he says in the scene, but it's there are all these lines in this movie that feel like the writers wrote down like what the intent of the line was, and we're like, later we're gonna go back and we're gonna fill this in with like a cool <laughs> metaphorical version yeah, yeah. of this. And they just never did. Mm-hmm. Like it happens over and over. Like at the end when Batman's about to fight Bane and like Bane's all like, Have you come to die yeah. with your city? And then Batman's like, I came to stop you. <laughs> and like it zooms in, like that's a really cool thing to say. Uh-huh. But it's not. <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I know it's a it's a kevin smith thing that he's harped on plenty of like just have him say nothing like if you can't think of a cool line mm-hmm. it would have been so much cooler to just have a mute batman <laughs> yeah just have him say punching yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> like batman says it all with punching um <laughs> that actually reminds me of i mean he can be cool when he's dialogue driven i actually saw a panel from garth ennis writing batman recently someone posted it on reddit and uh it was a guy aiming a gun at Batman's face point blank and was like, I can blow a hole in your face with this. And Batman goes, yeah, but think about what I'll do to you if you miss. And <laughs> nice. the guy drops the gun. <laughs> um, yeah, it's certainly more badass than I came here to stop you. Yeah. But they anyway, they they rest. Uh, the League of Shadows gets Bane off this plane because apparently he got captured on purpose because that's what everybody does now. Mm-hmm. Um so that he could get that, uh, so that they, so that they could get that physicist off the plane. Maybe um, they wanted to get that out of the way. I hadn't really thought about that. <laughs> like, was, Avengers and everybody else does it halfway through. Yeah, let's just make it the opener. Yeah, that's fine. Give um, it away in the IMAX preview. <laughs> yeah, it was better. It was better that way. And then we cut to Gordon giving a speech that kind of is the crux of the thing because you know at the end of the Dark Knight, like. They made this really cool decision, he and Batman, that uh, that like Batman was going to become a criminal. And what I thought they were setting up at the end of that movie was um, Batman kind of becoming the shadowy urban legend that he was for years in the comics. Because there was like 15 years of DC continuity where it wasn't public knowledge that Batman existed. Mm-hmm. Like there was an urban legend in Gotham City of the Batman and like most people didn't think he existed mm-hmm. but he was just this story that people told he was a boogeyman and then he was really bruce wayne doing his thing but like as far as the public was concerned he was just this scary thing that was probably just made up and i take it uh, comics wise this was actually sort of at the beginning of batman's existence it wasn't like he fell off the map and and then yeah okay. yeah this was like from the beginning of batman being batman until a certain point i see that like revealed him like for a good 10 years of his career like there, there, there was no consensus on whether or not there actually was a Batman, mm-hmm. um, which is great. I love that yeah. idea. That's super cool. Um, but in this case, I mean, I guess like there was still in this, in this case, like the idea is that he fell off the map right after, pretty much right after the last scene of Dark Knight, mm-hmm. when he's limping away, he gets in the bat pod, he drives away, and that's that. And I'm thinking to myself, the next movie is going to be all about him being like this shadowy figure who's hunted by the cops and like is trying to do his job. And I'm like, this is going to be awesome. But it turns out, no, he just kind of hung out in his living room for eight years. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And Gordon gives this speech kind of covering that up. And Gordon says some of the weirdest shit in the universe in this speech. Like he says like, because he gets up there and he's got, he's like, I have a speech about the truth about Harvey Dent. But I don't think you're ready for that. <laughs> Let's just say he was great. And uh-huh. like, how are you covering anything up? <laughs> like, why were there no follow-up questions? Like, wait, what did you mean by that? Yeah, well, they had to pair it with one of the least interesting superhero scenes of all time where the villain is reading a speech that he says someone else wrote. Yeah. <laughs> yes, why is anyone believing him? <laughs> Very bizarre. Yeah, like, why do you guys buy this shit? He's going to blow you up. And I mean, of course, just from the practical movie making point of view, it's like, you know, his mouth isn't moving, right? <laughs> like, it looks like you're filming a doll. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. It it, it bugged me a little bit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like Gordon, you can't just stand up and say that in front of a crowd of people. Like, I know some shit. Or no, let's not talk about that. Yeah, like, that is, I guess, a little bit more uh, subtext as text. Yeah, it's absolutely subtext as text. <laughs> um, and then we see Selena Kyle breaking into Wayne Manor so that he she can get uh, some pearls and also Bruce Wayne's fingerprints. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the first time I noticed how just kind of boringly shot this movie is. Roger Deakins shot this thing, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Did he? But, um, well, anyway, yeah. whoever did shoot it um, shot it poorly. Um, cause there's this, like a lot of like straight on master shots, not a whole lot of like, you know, dramatic angles or like dolly moves or anything. There's just the scene where Selena Kyle trips Bruce cause he's got his cane and mm-hmm. just kind of cuts to this wide shot and that happens. She runs away and it's like, you could have done something with that. Right. And it's just nothing. And then she's, she's gone. And um, she's supposed to be sort of so flexible and elegant and stuff. It feels like it could have been a cool yeah a little close-up of what was going on yeah and instead it was just kind of nothing um <laughs> yeah and then uh then we see uh like it, it, we we learn i think that the last confirmed sighting of batman was eight years ago and he's just been retired mm-hmm. which brings up another really big problem i have with the thing is like well what like how did he murder himself this bad between batman begins and dark and the end of dark night like mm-hmm. sure he limped away at the end of dark night because he took one thirty foot fall but like what I mean, he's supposed like according to Thomas Lennon, like he's doing really <laughs> bad now. Uh-huh. Like, what happened? Why not have him stay? Why the fuck not have him stay, Batman? <laughs> There's no reason. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean the they they seem to make it an emotional argument yeah. that that he couldn't stand losing Rachel, but I mean that's that's not played out all that well or effectively. I don't think. No, no, it's not. <laughs> Yeah, and and the idea that that he lost his parents and his resolution was to become a, a crime fighter, and then a supervillain takes out the woman he loves, and his response is to become a hermit. Like it, yeah. it doesn't quite add up. No, it doesn't make any damn sense at all. Um, and yeah, it 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 it, it, it sucks. Um, and then uh, then then we get uh, from there we see why uh, Selena wanted Bruce's fingerprints, um, which is you know interesting that it was fingerprints. And actually, is a pretty cool scene where she's selling the fingerprints to uh, the the servants of Bane. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is part of what what I actually like about the movie. There's parts of it that I do really well, and I can put together a version of it in my head that I like. Like you know, let's pretend Batman stayed Batman for a while. Maybe he's only <laughs> been a hermit for like two years or something. Right. Um, like he just got too hurt and he couldn't do it anymore or mm-hmm. any number of things or he saw the few or he felt like gotham didn't need him anymore because organized crime like they talk all over and over about how there isn't much crime anymore mm-hmm. um so yeah maybe that's why sure whatever um clearly his leg wasn't that big a problem so it was fixed in exposition over the course of like 30 seconds of putting a brace on his knee a robo brace <laughs> yes and it's got weird sounds or something <laughs> what is that how does that function like how does uh how, why any of this <laughs> But I do really like the idea that this crime-free city um, now has this cancer living in its sewers. And I like the whole like haves versus have-nots thing. I think there's something very potent about that idea. Mm -hmm. I like the idea that like Gotham, like the Dent Act really just kind of swept all of Gotham's problems under the rug. And now they've been festering and they're angry and hungry Mm -hmm. and they want your jewels. (laughs) Um, That's fun. That's cool. And I like how the sewers are introduced. Like they chase them down there and then Gordon kind of gets sucked into all that and then thrown through the sewer. Um, That's all kind of fun. I like that. Um, And I really, really like Catwoman's uh, damsel routine. 
Um, yeah, yeah. Like that's really cool. So she, you know, <laughs> she she fights all these guys, and then the SWAT team comes in, um, and she just sort of breaks down crying because she knows that they just won't fuck with a crying woman. <laughs> like that's exactly what Selena Kyle should be about. She be about she should be about subverting or using her femininity and subverting the place society grants her as a woman for power. Mm-hmm. Like that's Playing interesting. the angles. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting and cool. Um, but there's some illogic to this movie that doesn't, you know. Well, like, sort of a... Uh, even though this movie is so long, I yeah. feel like a lot of very specific parts of it, they they feel like really cool, big concepts that, you yeah. know, maybe Christopher Nolan had in Dreams or something <laughs> that were just hacked to get in there. Because, like, the movie yeah. is very long and very complicated. But a lot of these things, like the... the um, attacking the plane at the beginning and selena kyle was it a senator that she brought with her yeah it was a senator that she like kidnapped for some reason why did she do that i assume that's just that's part of her getaway plan like to get the police there because mm-hmm. the she has the the criminal use the senator's cell phone oh yeah and yeah, that's yeah. how the police get there again like these are sort of big cool interesting ideas that lead to neat shots but they don't feel that well explained no. like a lot of these sequences feel to me like someone's starting to tell you a story and they're just like, okay, so she walks into a bar. Who walks into what bar? Like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of aspects of the movie felt that way to me where it's like, that's a really cool visual. That's a really cool concept that I like that felt just sort of tacked on there. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it doesn't earn a lot, this movie, mm-hmm. um, but it does have some cool ideas. Like there's this, implication that maybe the dent act wasn't a great idea because you know maybe some of these people who are in blackgate prison now shouldn't have been put away for so long you know but we just sort of hint at that and then we move on um there's the whole idea that um that bane has been working for john daggett who wants to take over wayne enterprises Mm -hmm. and he's also been kind of daggett thought that bane was working for him and uh like the idea was that they were going to use Bruce's fingerprints to initiate a bunch of stock trades and also had to go onto the floor of the stock exchange and shoot a bunch of people in order to do that. And they don't invalidate the trades that happen after. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. <laughs> You're broke now. Um, and I think Alfred says something like, you know, they'll be able, they'll probably, you know, reverse the trades at some point, but for now you're broke. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, and that, I mean, this is jumping forward a little bit, but with the stock trade scene. Yeah. It ended with Batman pulling a tablet out of a backpack, seeing a full progress bar, and then like running away. And then the next scene was Selena Kyle finding out about the Clean Slate project that it was vaporware. Yeah. I was like, this is a very bizarrely tech oriented and yet, um, what's the word? Like, there, there wasn't really any climax to any of these things. Like, no. None. It's just all anti climax, I guess, at the end of these action sequences. Yeah. It just kind of throws shit at you. And especially for that first hour, which I enjoyed way more than the rest of it. Like, like I said, I feel like the first hour actually coheres a little bit better. I mean, there's some. There's some stuff like, yeah, he sees the full progress bar and then he pulls the antenna off because I think he can get some information with the antenna on mm-hmm. the tablet PC, whatever. Um, and then the clean slate. But like those are really like no worse than the sort of things we'd ex- we'd accept readily in like a diehard sequel. That's true. Like, And that's, that's where I managed to kind of meet this movie halfway. Is, yeah, like at the beginning, there's some dumb shit like going onto the floor of the stock exchange in order to, to do these trades and all that stuff. And like Bane... You know, uh, like the the whole motorcycle chase thing at the end with hostages and stuff. And it's also, did you notice how it goes from day to night in like three shots in that (laughs) uh, that that scene? (laughs) Um, Like in 20 seconds, the sun just plummets. Okay, whatever. Um, But we'd accept that in like a big, dumb Hollywood, like B-level blockbuster. Mm -hmm. Um, The reason it hurts so much is because Chris Nolan's proven he's so much better than what we're seeing. You know, um, and that that's what frustrating that, that's what frustrates me. But it also uh, yeah, I, but, but there are ideas I like, like I said, like the idea that like John Daggett hired Bane in order to do these trades so that he could drive Bruce broke and then take over Wayne Enterprises. But then it turns out that uh, Bane's been using Daggett to like put this special concrete all over the city so that he could just blow the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like, too bad we had to use Joseph Gordon-Levitt to to get there. We haven't even talked about Joseph Gordon-Levitt <laughs> being in this movie yet. Like, he's so fucking useless yeah. in this film. I like him as an actor. I think he's a great actor. 
John Blake has nothing to do in this movie. You could cut him out of it 100%. Yeah, he's not even in that much of it. No, he's not. Yeah. In fact, in the version of this movie I want to cut together to make it work, he's not in it. <laughs> like, he just doesn't have anything to do except, like, expose this, like, bricklaying plan that could have been exposed in, like, a, a, a line between Bane and a henchman. It was like, oh, I was actually using him. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you could do any number of things. Just cut just cut JGL out of this thing entirely. I feel like this whole movie treated uh, Commissioner Gordon pretty badly. Yeah. Um, oh God, where was it? I, I have it written down somewhere, but the, there was a quote where, um, where Joseph Gordon-Levitt makes it clear that he knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman, and Bruce is like, you're telling me that Gordon thinks, and he cuts him off, and he's like, Gordon doesn't know or think anything. Like, he throws <laughs> out this line. It's like, ouch. Like... He's your strong ally that's supposed to be almost as smart as Batman, like the only other person in the city. Who actually okay. knows what's going on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because Gordon is definitely perpetually set up as like the good cop. And then there's uh, Matthew Modine, I think, plays. Speaking of characters who could easily be cut out. Yeah. I'm not just, sure why they're in it in the first place. Just dumbass cop. <laughs> and then, oh, and Matthew Modine leads to that whole like, I'm going to catch the Batman because ba Batman shows up after eight years and suddenly like. The cops are all like, let's go catch the damn Batman, not the guys with hostages. Uh, more being mean at, at, uh, at Commissioner Gordon. There's just the line of him in the car with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Like, I'm going to do what Jim Gordon never could. Yeah. Like, Where is this coming from? He just goes full Ahab, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> like, and then that whole scene, like, there's uh, there's all these instances of, like, them cornering Batman. My favorite part is when they corner him on the overpass, mm -hmm. and they give him plenty of time to, like, line up a shot on that truck that... <laughs> uh, that's that's got like a you know the the, the semi full of cars yeah, so yeah. that he can make a ramp and they all just stand there with their guns drawn while he like <laughs> lines it up and it's clear what he's gonna do like yeah. you can see the guns on the bat pod and then he shoots it <laughs> and he just ramps off not a single shot fired by a cop like you couldn't give me some pings or something Chris come on hmm. like was it the first movie that he got up on the on the roof of a building with the Batmobile and blew out the side of it and leapt off. So yeah. this isn't even like a new tactic yeah. that they're dealing with. <laughs> like they know that when you've cornered Batman, like he's probably going to pull some shit. But <laughs> now, now in this case, like let's, he's probably, he's probably not doing anything. He'll probably just lay down like his, his motorcycle. It'll be fine. <laughs> like, fuck you guys. Ugh. We got him surrounded. Yeah. What's he going to do? <laughs> yeah, no, this is the least effective police force in the history of the United States. <laughs> we'll get into that more in a minute. Um, but yeah, they, uh, all that happens. And I guess that brings us up, up roughly to the point where Bruce is broke. Um, he's become Batman again. Alfred's decided to leave him, mm -hmm. um, because those other two movies where he said he would never give up on Bruce. Eh, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> it turns out he's a liar and a hypocrite. Um, and he's like, oh, I won't, I won't say you kill yourself, Mr. Wayne. Um, I do a terrible Michael Caine. I'm sorry. Internet. <laughs> no, I'll take it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what did you think of that whole decision, like of him, of, of Alfred piecing out through most of the movie? Uh, I don't know. It's sort of narratively, I don't know quite how it fits in. Um, it, it's just a, it's sort of a weird angle to the whole thing. And Bruce is just kind of a dick throughout a lot of it. I yeah. find like almost all his interactions with Alfred throughout this movie are him not even responding to the queries. Like, if yeah. you listen to the dialogue, Alfred is making a fair number of reasonable assessments of the situation. Mr. Wayne, I think you might have a death wish. <laughs> <laughs> and all his comebacks are like, what, you don't think I can handle it? It's like, I don't think that's what he was saying at all. No. <laughs> so, I mean, the, I guess I guess Alfred and Gordon, they're the, the two most shit-upon people in this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, easily. Like, those guys are given nothing to do. Um, Alfred, But at least Gordon, like kind of gets taken out like alfred becomes a shithead <laughs> in this movie like mm -hmm. he's no longer the ever faithful like i'm just gonna stand by your side butler he's just like no like you're becoming batman again fuck no why were you cool with it the first time <laughs> like like i mean but then again like i guess the point they're trying to make and the way i can make this movie good in my head is like i and i do like this idea that like after years of retirement, Bruce becomes Batman again, but he doesn't really have the respect for what it means and what it takes that he used to. Mm -hmm. Because for so long, he's been able to just kind of skate by on being the scary guy in the shadows and using fear. And then he comes up against this threat in Bane that just isn't scared of him. 
and mm-hmm. he's not he doesn't have the physical prowess that he used to and he doesn't he hasn't you know he's not approaching it with the respect and intensity that he needs to and then he you know gets beaten down and he has to kind of like rocky 3 his way back this movie's basically rocky 3 <laughs> actually now that i think about it like instead of having a heart attack alfred just leaves uh-huh. um, and then like you know he has to you know run get the eye of the tiger on the beach with apollo creed or lucius fox um, <laughs> so rocky 4 is going to be starring ben affleck yeah, that what I'm getting at. Yeah, oh, and okay. he's gonna fight. He's gonna fight a Russian. It's gonna be cool. <laughs> a Kryptonian, <laughs> which I mean, they seem pretty communist when we saw him in Man of Steel. <laughs> I think, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, this this is pretty much Rocky Three, <laughs> and I liked Rocky Three. Rocky Three's fine. It had a robot. Or I mean, I guess there's a, a good time to talk about the the first major fight scene with Bane. Yeah, I thought it was pretty badass how dry the um, the music is. The, yeah, that's mostly dry, and especially because as you watch the movie early on, like the orchestra is in full force oh, yeah. when Batman is doing anything. Yeah. So I really like peeling that back when it's it's sort of like no, you're you're gonna get your ass kicked. You don't have the help of deep yeah. bass drums or anything like that this time around. And there's that great, great shot right after Selena locks him in with Bane where you just see Bane out of focus and then it cuts to that low angle of Bane and you see how big he looks and everything. Mm -hmm. I really actually would have liked it if they had lingered on the out of focus of Bane for like another second Uh and we just saw him back there as like, I'm going to kick your ass. (laughs) That does feel like a comic book panel kind of thing. Like this looming out of focus object. Yeah. No, that was, I really like, the first time I saw that fight in the theater, I actually didn't enjoy it at all. I just kept feeling like this isn't the epic fight that we want to see here. This isn't, you know, Bane breaking the bat. But like, it works really well, actually. Because mm-hmm. it really is just Bango just dismantling him. Like, right. victory has defeated you. I love <laughs> that line. Like, no, you've gotten soft and like, you've gotten all Rocky Three. You're hanging out with your robot and stuff and Polly. <laughs> and like, Mickey needs to kick some sense into you so you can go kick Mr. T's ass. Mm-hmm. Mr. T is Bane in this analogy. <laughs> <laughs> Always Fight Club, uh, his ass is a wad of cookie dough. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, that was great. Just watching Bane just take this guy apart. Who, when it comes down to it, like... Oh, and that shot where, like, Bruce sets off all the smoke bombs around him and Bane just does nothing. (laughs) And he's just like, oh, this is cool. (laughs) Some fun inside dialogue about how they're both League of Shadows uh, alumni. (laughs) Yeah, alumni. They got the rings. (laughs) They see each other at the mixer every year. (laughs) Yeah, that was all really cool. And then I guess we we assume that uh, Bane then carts him off to like Kazakhstan or wherever. Yeah, and then makes one of the weirder watch. cutaways. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, halfway around the world. Yeah, in a pit, um, <laughs> in an Uzbek pit. Uh, and, yeah, and then he, he says, you know, the whole like, yeah, I'm going to take your city apart and I'm going to turn it inside out and then I'm going to blow it up and then you're allowed to die. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, at that moment, watching it again, I was like, wait, this is really cool. Like, <laughs> I really, really like the basics of this. Yeah, the details kind of suck. But the basic idea <laughs> of, like, Bane coming to town and then saying, like, I'm going to, you know, dismantle you and then your city and then kill you. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of weird that he has no real personal motivation to do this. <laughs> like, I would have liked it if, like, there was a reason Bane hated Batman so much to uh-huh. do this to him. Uh-huh. Um, but, like, that idea, if it had just been, like... Batman getting out of the pit and coming back and stopping Bane. Fuck yeah! Like, <laughs> I would have loved that movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i just going to probably refer to uh, Marion Cotillard as um, Malia throughout the movie. And that's how I wrote it in all my notes that's and stuff. Yeah. yeah, and uh, like I was going to say, I guess he just loves her that much. But on the other hand, Batman killed the the angry father who like wouldn't let them hang out. Yeah. So he really doesn't seem to have much reason. <laughs> no, he has no real reason. Um, and yeah, oh yeah, also Marianne Cotillard's in this movie. <laughs> yes. Because she uh, she was spearheading some sort of green energy thing that could also be turned into a nuclear reactor. And then, of course, it was. Also, she's totally Talia al Ghul. Yes. Like, as, as everyone who's read the comics knew as soon as she turned <laughs> up. Oh, brunette with a funny accent? She's probably going to be Talia al Ghul. Yeah. Like, that was what was always going to happen. And pursuing the longest running nuclear bomb MacGuffin that's ever been in a movie. Oh, God. And his plan makes no sense with that bomb. <laughs> like, what was he going to... So he's got... What? Okay. What do you think Bane's plan is? <laughs> like, what is he trying to accomplish? Yeah. I mean, it's it's really not clear. I assume the bomb is supposed to go off. I, I'm pretty sure it is, but that's a secret. 
like it, it that doesn't really seem to line up with the League of Shadows assuming they have the same game in mind. Yeah. Like I think you're supposed to destroy the city but not literally like where it's a crater in the ground <laughs> that can't be rebuilt. Yeah, like, yeah. So it, yeah, I, I'm not the the way I interpreted it is sort of the they do, do the people even know there's a 5 months or anything or they no. just think this is perpetual. They think that this is just the way life is now. Yeah, so his public plan from my from what I understand is we've got an anonymous trigger man who has the the trigger to this bomb. They'll set it off at my order and uh until then I'm in control. Mm-hmm. And, and that's is, just how it's going to be now. Is that supposed to keep people in check in terms of like I'm trying to come up with a conspiracy to to get out of the town, but I might end up talking to someone who has the trigger, and that would be their sign to trigger it. Is that why it matters having an anonymous trigger man be one of the inhabitants? Well, I think the idea was like you can't just come after me and expect that to work, like because mm-hmm. this anonymous trigger man will just set off the bomb if anything happens to me. Like, like that, that's another one to me where it felt like a cool concept that I could see working, but the way it's handled, like, I don't Well, I mean, it it's really not handled because I, as we're told later, <laughs> you never give it to an ordinary citizen. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was probably the worst bat slur. Like, <laughs> I, I tried not to, Holy bat not to focus on the, on the voice for the whole movie, but yeah, during that, where is the trigger thing? You're <laughs> <laughs> Huh? <laughs> it was stupid. <laughs> it was just stupid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that, if that was just his plan, like, okay, like why not have, why not, okay, cut Talia out of the movie entirely. Mm-hmm. Fuck Talia, she's gone. Mm-hmm. Now, instead of his plan being like, and then it'll just go off anyway, because fuck you. Um, his plan is, yeah, I'm just going to hold the city hostage and create like a, you know, inverted socialist dystopia. Because this is what I want to do. I just want the city to tear itself apart. And I want, mm-hmm. you know, basically the anarchy that reigns in Gotham to continue. That part I thought was awesome. That was really cool. That's yeah. a cool idea. And the idea that, like, no, if anybody tries to leave, uh, I'm going to set off this nuke and kill everyone. So now the government has an incentive to keep everyone pinned in. Mm-hmm. That's very cool, too. Mm-hmm. The idea that they've mined the river. That's all very cool. Like, I really liked the, that part of the game Bane was playing and the way he played everybody's interests against each other. That felt smart. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, why not have the ending be like, oh yeah, something happened to the bomb. Uh, it got jostled or something when Bruce tried to like stop the truck in the back and that didn't work. So now it's on a clock. And now Bruce has to take the nuke out over the ocean and sacrifice himself. Yeah. Like, there's no reason not to just have that be what happens. Um, it would, you know, increase the sense of urgency towards the end of the movie. Um, we wouldn't have to deal with all this weird, like, truck-following shit that happens. <laughs> that was boring. That was stupid. Why'd yeah. we do that? Um, Even the whole Dr. Pavel aspect is, like, again, neat idea and neat to snap his neck in front of everybody, but it feels it feels like you tried too hard, Bane. Yeah. <laughs> like, you could have just told them. I think they would have believed you it was a bomb that was going to go off and they couldn't stop it. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, you, you you did just, like, collapse the field at that football <laughs> game, which was very cool, by the way. Yeah, all yeah. those aerial shots of, like, those explosions going off far away and us not being able to hear them, loved all that. Well, I also thought the other solution might have been, like, at least make it a big bomb. Like... Nukes are a thing, and they have been for a very long time, and there are a lot of them you in the like world. You mean like a physically large bomb? Like, there's just so much effort spent explaining why they get this bomb. At least have it be like, oh, this this is the size of five nukes, and it'll take out the city, or yeah, they it's say a hydrogen it's a... bomb that'll leave it intact. Like, anything that explains why didn't you just drop a few grand, like, or a few hundred grand with a terrorist on, organization. On some yellow cake. <laughs> you explain that you had Bruce Wayne spend half his fortune, which is presumably in the billions of dollars, to develop this thing that, as far as we can tell, is exactly the same as just buying an existing bomb. Yeah, no, they say that it's a four megaton nuclear weapon with a blast radius of six miles. Like, they make that clear, which we'll get back to that six miles later. <laughs> um, I think you know where I'm going with this. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it it doesn't make any sense. I didn't even consider that, but you're right. Like, it just why feels like go to all, all this trouble? There are a lot of directions you could go to make it make a little bit more sense. It's a long way to go for a gag, Bane. <laughs> yeah. It's a long way to go. <laughs> um, yeah. And oh, also, um, 
the, 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 the I forgot to mention this, but there's an earlier scene where uh, Alfred's trying to warn Batman about Bane, and it's just another instance of like just being kind of lazy with the script. Alfred's all like, "Yeah, there's there's rumors about him that like he he grew up in a pit, and he kind of goes into like the first instance of anyone saying anything about Bane's backstory." Why does Alfred know this? Right. <laughs> How did he get this information? <laughs> um, and uh, you know the the whole like Bruce returning to Batman, I actually would have bought. Alfred leaving if if Christian Bale were more effectively just sort of selling the uh, the need uh, or selling the obsession side mm-hmm. of it like which again does not square with like the whole uh, I quit for eight years thing mm-hmm. but like the uh, the I mean the Dark Knight Returns that con- have you read the Dark Knight Returns not in many years. Well, if if you recall, they do a good job of selling it. Like the basic idea is that like there was some legislation passed that outlawed superheroes, and so Bruce decided to stop being Batman, and he's been like a thrill junkie since then, like racing cars and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then he like wakes up one night and realizes he shaved off his mustache, and he's like standing in the cave, and he's looking around, and he's like, "Oh my god!" Like, and then then he decides to put the uh, to put the thing back to put this costume back on and run around and like fight some people, mm-hmm. and it feels incredible, and he really likes it and gets off on it, and like I thought that was what they were trying to tell me was that like uh, Bruce kind of gets off on being Batman, but Christian Bale really just kind of phoned it in this movie. Mm-hmm. Is it me, or did he really kind of just not seem like he wanted to be there? I feel like the Batman character in general, like he feels like one of the least active parts of this movie. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I guess part of it is they're at a disadvantage where the the whole thing down in the pit is like he's Batman. We know he's getting out. Like, yeah. It can be cool, and you can have dramatic music swells when he fails and stuff. But and, and you're lots making of chanting. Oh, the chanting! But you're making a studio movie that cost you know two hundred million dollars. We know he's going to get out. We know it's going to be triumphant. Like, yeah. Whenever you see him fall, it's a little bit like, oh man, we got more prison time in this fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> with with his chiropractor cellmate. <laughs> <laughs> and like, even when it is well handled, I feel like they're they're fighting against some inherent problems with keeping it interesting at a, a lean what is it like two hours and 47 minutes or something it, like, yeah it's it's gainly length yeah it's 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 a monstrosity this is a behemoth <laughs> of a movie yeah. oh uh, one one little thought i'd throw i'd uh thought i'd throw out there is it it would have been fun to me if uh if maybe bruce had like a little locket or something of rachel and it was a third actress <laughs> I think it was like Megan Fox or something throw her in there for the final uh, well there was that scene where uh, Talia sees the picture and goes who's this and I just yelled not Katie Holmes <laughs> that's for damn sure uh, <laughs> poor Katie Holmes <laughs> yeah too bad you're not a better actress <laughs> sorry um, uh, I mean granted like Maggie Gyllenhaal wasn't much better but that's just because she wasn't given anything to do right like she she kind of just she, bless her heart she did the best she could <laughs> with a really really underwritten role yeah um i mean i really love the dark knight but like rachel dawes does not have a lot to her um i like justice and also square jawed guys <laughs> that's about it sure. um, like the uh yeah the, the that, that that whole thing um i do feel like aaron eckhart could have been on the animated series like without any head adjustment oh yeah absolutely <laughs> no he is he's he's so gorgeous aaron eckhart. god you just get lost in him um but yeah, uh, oh, and then then uh, I forgot that uh, that uh, we we forgot to talk about the send all the cops part. Yes, <laughs> um, the reason there aren't any cops to stop him. And you know, watching it again, I bought the send all available units down there thing way more this time around. Mm-hmm. I'll get to what I didn't buy. Okay, but what I, I did buy the idea that they're just going to send all the cops down there because they've established that Bane's a threat. Like they also ignored Gordon's pleas to send anyone down there before mm-hmm. um, when he was like, no, you got to go check out the sewers. And Matthew Modine's like, no, we're going to do this other thing or whatever. So I buy that they would send all available units down there as kind of an overcorrection. Mm-hmm. Like it just sort of continues to sell them as a believably ineffectual police force. Mm-hmm. And I liked that. And also just sort of, if they had done more with this idea, I would have bought it even more. The idea that like maybe the cops have gotten kind of soft in the last few years because okay. there's not a whole lot of crime and they don't really know what they're doing the way they used to. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be interesting. So I, I'm actually willing to buy like, yeah, send all available units down there. What I don't buy is that Bane wouldn't murder them all. 
Like, yeah. that makes no sense. It wouldn't just flood it or something? Or? Yeah. Like, yeah. imagine if they sent all the units down into the sewer and then Bane just mowed them down. <laughs> like, how would you feel about that instead of what happened? Would have been a cooler movie. <laughs> yeah, it would have been a better movie. <laughs> I mean, it would have been a little dark. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, obviously not to make light, but uh, that, that movie theater screening would have been a little bit worse even. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's true. It's true. Um, was that one Aurora? It was, yeah. It was okay. Aurora. Um but yeah, it, it would have been, and it also would have robbed uh, robbed Batman of his army at the end, which, you know, he didn't need. Yeah, I mean, even, even thinking about how all the cops were, were trapped underground and stuff, it, it makes me think maybe it was in service to, again, Christopher Nolan having some vision of like an all-out brawl in the streets yeah. of cops versus everybody. But how does that make sense? None. Oh, doesn't. I know. I'll keep the cops uh, in good shape and shaved and everything, mm-hmm. just underground in the dark they for three o- months. They looked okay. Even yes. Matthew Modine. <laughs> Strong enough to fight. Mm-hmm. Which, were they slipping food down to them? I forgot. Was uh, yeah, there, like, the idea was line? that like aid really... Yeah, like it's at one point uh, when the special forces guys come in, mm-hmm. um, John Blake tells them like, yeah, they're being supplied down there. Why? Like... <laughs> By who? I did really like stringing up the special forces guys on the Gotham Bridge, though. Mm-hmm. That was way cool. Like, there's, there's, it just, there's parts of this movie that are so cool and good, and then it just shits itself. <laughs> I mean, I feel like those are, those parts stick out, especially one, just because Christopher Nolan's tone is obviously darker, and that's what works for him. Yeah. But sort of in a world where now we get two to three Marvel movies a year. Yeah, have one that it's it's not necessarily a wise cracking hero. Yeah, it's like there's some grim shit. Yeah, <laughs> that uh, DC I guess isn't afraid to show. Yeah, like like the rich guy roundup. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> that was one of the cooler things in the movie. That that really um, when the trailer started coming out and they show scenes of like the wealthy and old being locked up in prisons. <laughs> like wow, yeah, this movie is swinging for the fences. Yeah, no, that that idea is really cool and it confronts some things like it's a really confrontational like provocative movie in that. Like mm-hmm. it's taking a pretty pointed political stand, I think. Like and asking you like do you sympathize with these people? It kind of is inverting, you know, classic sort of liberal sympathies in a lot of the way that The Dark Knight did with the whole like surveillance state critique. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, well, would you justify it in, under these circumstances? Um, and then it's kind of saying, well, okay, like you really, you know, think that we should, you know, eat the rich and occupy Wall Street and everything? Well, here's the logical end of that. Like, how do you mm-hmm. feel about it? Um, I think Christopher Nolan might be a neocon. Like, I wasn't <laughs> willing to say it at the end of Dark Knight when a lot of people were, uh-huh. um, saying that it was like his uh, apologia for the Bush era surveillance state. Um, but now like looking at, you know, Bane essentially being Occupy Wall Street, like I'm not <laughs> off base with that. Is that, is that what you got from that? I mean, they definitely tried to play it up. Like uh, I actually wrote down one of the lines. I think it's Matthew Modine or, or some throwaway cop when they're robbing the stock exchange. Money in my mattress? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but mm-hmm. before that, he's like, that's all our money in there. It's like, that, that feels like a strange thing to leap to. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure they're just trading stocks that yeah. you know they may affect or they may not but again they will probably invalidate it when there's a hostage situation going on yeah i'm sure there's a kill switch on this <laughs> thing or something like come on um, but it, it definitely seemed like it was a topic that was being thought about throughout yeah. the movie because it mean, was referenced yeah and the movie doesn't seem to say that like you know the the haves are any better than the have-nots because there's all those scenes before like bane's you know anarchic socialist dystopia kind of takes effect of like like that one cop saying all the money i keep my money in my mattress mm-hmm. um and all that stuff and like the uh the, the the other scenes of like selena living in her shitty place and like that fucking great delivery for man hathaway when she says you and your friends are going to wonder how you could ever live so large <laughs> for so long and leave so little for the rest of us yeah like she is salivating with like <laughs> the righteous anger of the just like <laughs> That was killer. And I was like, fuck yeah, take their stuff. Um, So yeah, it doesn't seem to want to tell me that there's an easy answer to the problem. I guess you're right. And I mean, especially with Batman at the center of it all, like it it seems like the property is decent at having poor people who are really shitty and rich people who are really good. And it's just sort of a mix all the way across. Yeah, Yeah. It seems, you know, maybe there are trends, but... Yeah, I mean, it's not taking quite as much of a... Like, you could read it as taking a stand, but you'd be a little bit lazy if you were, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, if Bane World ended up, like, 
happier and they're like we don't need batman <laughs> like yeah. that that would have been a statement <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um, what i would have paid to see absolutely yeah, absolutely man <laughs> um but yeah the at this point you know bane's taken over gotham and then there's that whole thing in the pit of uh of bruce needing to feel fear again which mm-hmm. i do think thematically plays nicely to like why bane defeated him because he just wasn't afraid of anything mm-hmm. and he didn't have to like kind of throw his hat over the wall the way you have to when you're scared of what will happen if you don't mm-hmm. like he just felt invincible and that's why he came back and that's why he thought he could just get away with it and it kind of it does play nicely with like what selena told him about living so large for so long and all that stuff like it's there are there are ways you can analyze this movie and really get kind of a lot out of it mm-hmm. which is why it's even more frustrating that it falls apart from like a plot mechanic standpoint right you know because it's it's doing some things really right um it's just not doing enough of them right to be a good movie yeah and i feel like it's it's pulling in so many directions at once it kind of tramples some of the points it's trying to make in servicing other things and and nothing ever really comes to the forefront as its main point that worked yeah yeah um especially as we we get down into uh into the the third act because uh at some point like bruce gets his back fixed he learns more about the bane talia backstory and then he gets out of the pit um and then he gets back and actually you know a lot of people i remember when this movie came out reading a lot of complaints online of like how did he get back from asia when like and i was just like he's bruce wayne he has ways what Mm -hmm. i forgot when i initially waved that away Uh was that he's broke and he has no alfred yeah (laughs) so how did he get back from asia yeah, I mean, I'll admit, like, when I saw it in theaters, it occurred to me. It is something that still occurs to me when I watch it. I guess that what I could point to would be that he was on his own all that time in the beginning of Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, to be fair, he ended up in prison and stuff. But it, it he has some experience handling himself when he wasn't in contract mm-hmm. with Alfred, when he wasn't using any money. So That's true. Whether he could get back to Gotham in 12 hours, I don't know. But there, there is some precedent for, like, he's not just helpless in the woods. Yeah, no, that's true. Like, maybe he knows some people in this part of the world from the time he spent, like, running around stealing stuff and everything. Like, okay, that... that I, I Honestly, if that's where the movie loses you, then mm-hmm. it didn't really have you. Before. Like, if, <laughs> if, if you were willing to accept everything before that and that was what got you, like, I don't know what movie you were watching, man. Um, and I, I know that prison, like... A lot of people are supposed to be just sad souls, but presumably it is a prison of psychopaths and With stuff. criminals in it? Yeah. So it made me feel kind of bad for that city in the background when Bruce just throws the rope down. <laughs> it's like, they seem pretty much out in the middle of nowhere. I'm betting that city is destroyed. <laughs> I had failed to consider that. Yeah. No, that... That, that, they're not coming back from that. Ooh. Yeah, that's that's rough. Um, but then he gets back, and Bruce appear or Batman shows up on the ice, and mm-hmm. then we get like the most Batman we've gotten in the whole thing, right? Um, which is kind of nice because um, you know it's a Batman movie, um, and he does he he does the big flamey graffiti thing, which like whatever, <laughs> it's cool looking, cool. Um, and then he. Uh, he goes back into town and basically like his whole plan is to get the cops out from under there and then just frontal assault Bane right. and also figure out where the nuke, which of the three trucks the nuke is on and then use this thing from the bat that is like a jammer or something mm-hmm. to like keep it from being set off, which, okay. Um, so then he finds Bane, figures out that Bane's weak point is his face. <laughs> <laughs> um he punches him in his little mask so that Bane can feel even more pain, which, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and, and uh, yeah, just one of the more boringly shot fight scenes ever. As as more of the, the comics fan of the two of us, how did you feel that there's no, um, is Venom what it's called? Yeah. yeah. How did you feel there was no aspect of that at all? I was fine with that. Like, if you want to reinvent him, that's sure. cool. Like, so for anybody who doesn't know, in the comics, Bane uh, is... Uh, like Venezuelan or Costa Rican or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he grew up in a prison. They kept that part. Um, mm-hmm. He he was raised in a prison because his, his uh, dad committed a crime and then like the crazy ass government of this country um, just threw him in there too because uh, <laughs> his dad like only had six months to live and something. He was like, well, your son will serve out your sentence, whatever. <laughs> and then he got experimented on um, with this steroid stuff called Venom that makes you like crazy, crazy strong. Um, like he, like in the comics, Bane's not like, you know, Superman or even Spider-Man strong, but he, he can fuck you up. 
Mm-hmm. Like he's he's like Captain America levels of strength. Right, right. Um and there's definitely like a roid ragey kind of thing going on. And the way Batman finally defeats him when he does defeat him is to disconnect his supply of venom or overload it or something. But it is something in the comics and I'm glad they retain like it'd be easy in the comics to make that character into just a big stupid guy. Mm-hmm. But it's made clear over and over that in the comics like Bane is really smart. Mm-hmm. Like he's a tactical genius. Like the first time he shows up in the comics like in the Nightfall arc where he breaks Batman's back, his whole move is to blow the doors open on Arkham Asylum. And then make Batman spend like 48 hours rounding up all of his worst enemies. Mm-hmm. And then when Batman's finally done and gets back to the Batcave, Bane's just there waiting for him. Oh, nice. And then he just beats the shit out of him. <laughs> like, that would work. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a good plan. <laughs> um, oh, I guess that that brought up one more hiccup I, I noticed with uh, Dark Knight Rises is... Like, Batman is, is super aware of everything. He has gadgets telling him everything all the time. And yet he didn't notice that when he was going to meet Bane, it was under his company. Yeah. That felt a little bit strange. <laughs> yeah, I guess we glossed over that. But, like, the big fight with Bane takes place underneath Wayne Industries' uh, applied sciences, where, like, they steal all the crazy Batman weapons um, mm-hmm. so that they can use them. And then there's, like, military tumblers running around with guns on them. And that's just another idea that's not very well served in this movie. Right. Um, and just kind of glossed over. Um, because, yeah, he uh, they, they kind of have to fight a couple of those to get at that nuke. Um, but uh, just to kind of get us to the end, because I want to talk about the ending a yeah. lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, Bane and Batman fight. Uh, Batman beats him, and then Talia shows up and is like, by the way, I'm Talia, and stabs Batman, and then tells the whole story, and just neuters Bane. Well, Batman doesn't beat him. <laughs> doesn't he? Wasn't it the, it's Catwoman shoots him. Well, yeah, or but this, no, this he, after. Okay, yeah, sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. He, yeah, Talia stabs Batman, and like he falls down, and then Bru- and then Batman's Bane's like, "I'm gonna kill you now," even though she said not to. Uh-huh. Um, and then uh, Catwoman shows up and says, shoots him using the guns on the bat pod, and then says, "I'm not into your whole no guns thing." And I'm like, "You use Batman's guns? <laughs> like he isn't either." Yeah, like yeah. It, it doesn't make any sense. Um. But yeah, and then I guess we're, we're to presume that Bane's dead now. And yeah. there's like a hole in him. <laughs> which, okay, whatever. But like, what a bitch-ass way for that guy to go out. Like, that really, really bugged me. Yeah, and I, I mean, I guess you just reminded me that he did kind of stun Bane a little bit. Yeah. But it, it does seem an awful lot like Batman fights Bane and loses and then gets his back fixed up and stuff. And then fights Bane and is on his way to losing again and then gets saved. Well, he would have like he would have won if Talia hadn't come up behind him right. and stabbed him. Yeah, I guess like, that's true. Like he beat him. Mm-hmm. He definitely defeated him. But what if instead of like, okay, what if the cops had died and then instead of like all this shit, Batman sneaks back into Gotham and like guerrilla warfares his way into like Bane's throne room or whatever mm-hmm. and then fights him mano a mano there and then turns around to all these guys and says, "Okay, you need someone to rule you. I'm your king now." Hmm. And then he sits down. And is like, I'm just going to run this. <laughs> like, that would have been badass. The bat state. Yeah. And then he eventually, like, he, like lets everybody back in. But, like, his pitch to them is like, okay, you really want someone to lord over you so bad? Like, <laughs> if you don't like what I'm saying, come at me. Like, that would have been, like, that would have been really, really cool. It's kind of like what uh, in Daredevil, there's, uh, there, in Brian Bendis's arc, uh, when Daredevil finally beats the Kingpin, mm-hmm. that's what he does in Hell's Kitchen. He just says, like, I'm going to run crime in, Kingpin, in in Hell's Kitchen now. Like, you guys really, really need someone to tell you what to do. It's going to be me. And mm-hmm. if you don't like it, look what happened to the last guy <laughs> who told me they didn't like it. Uh-huh. Look at him. Nice. And I was like, yeah, this is this is the coolest. Like, because, and it, you know, it'd be a nice, like, becoming what you hate kind of thing. But instead of that, we get the stupid bullshit that happens in this movie. Uh-huh. Where, uh, without going too far into it, you guys saw the movie. Um, Talia breaks her neck, fallen a little bit. And, and then, Gordon's fine. Yeah, and Gordon's fine. <sighs> that, yeah. that really annoyed me. <laughs> yeah, like, Gordon just climbs out the back of the truck. He's like, whew, what a ride. But, like, the same car crash. She's in the front. She has a seatbelt. She's not in a metal compartment with a bomb bouncing around. Yeah. And she dies. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't make any sense. No. And then Batman's like, okay, I'm going to take this bomb out over the, uh, 
out over the bay and explode it, presumably six miles away. <laughs> um, but also, I engaged the autopilot, which I fixed off screen earlier, mm-hmm. and uh, now it's fine. Everybody thinks he's dead. Later, Alfred goes to Florence, um, finds out he's not, <laughs> and uh, then uh, John Blake or Robin becomes the new Batman and, and like inherits the Batcave or something. Uh-huh. What did you think of this? <laughs> The whole thing, yeah, just the whole like Batman sacrificing himself, faking his own death, and everything. Um, the I mean, my first question was about the explosion, like, so they're fine, like, there's there's no nuclear tidal wave, there's no yeah, poisoning yeah. all the inhabitants. Shut up, they're fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so they're fine, that's good to know. Um, what were the other parts of the question? <laughs> oh, well, him just, faking his death, and yeah, uh, once again, Alfred getting shit on. Um, and then he lets him weep by the graveside I for a while. You. I didn't keep him <laughs> safe. Uh, yeah, there's a there's the slight nod to Gordon where he gives him a riddle where he may figure out who, who that Bruce Wayne yeah, is Batman. Like, it could be something as simple <laughs> as putting a coat on a little boy to let him know the world hasn't ended. Uh, an ordinary citizen. <laughs> <laughs> a sweet moment, but you know, again, until you think about it. Yep. It's like, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. The retiring is all a little bit weird. I think it's strange that he met he met uh, John Blake once, I think. Maybe like, once and then once with the cowl on. Like two or three times as Bruce and then once as Batman. And that that's enough that, like, not only will he let him be his successor, but he's like, you got this. Yeah, I don't even know how to show you how it works or anything. No, no, like I'll I'll send you maybe an email. Like, <laughs> like he went through his League of Shadows training. He wasn't just ready to be bat- to be Batman because yeah. he was like smart and strong. Like, no, doesn't make any sense. Like <laughs> that kid is gonna put on the bat costume and he's gonna go out and he's gonna die in a week. <laughs> yeah, that's that's gonna be the story of John Blake Batman. <laughs> like, ugh, fucking bullshit. Oh, and then there's the whole thing at the end where where John Blake is like driving the bus full of kids onto the bridge, and then <laughs> yeah. just fails to save them. Because <laughs> yeah, the like strangest, you're not plot gonna, arc. you're not going to give him a win. You guys <laughs> like let him save the fucking cat. Come on, and, like not only does he not win that fight, but he loses to um, fucking Quinn from Dexter. <laughs> yes, it's like oh. Yeah. How sad. No, it, it fucking sucks. Um, but, you know, so that's the end. He's not Batman anymore. Apparently, he's living with Selena Kyle in, like, Florence or something. Yeah. And everybody's happy, um, except us, because we watched it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, overall thoughts. What would you think? Second time. Um, I mean, I'll, the, the biggest thing that stuck out to me is how little Batman participated in it. Yep. That was between first and second. That was the biggest thing I noticed. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> After after I saw it the first time, like I only saw it once in theaters, so there was a, a pretty long chunk, you know, a few months at least, where the the reaction was mainly negative to this movie, yeah. at least for the the outlets that I pay attention to. So I, I was I was reminded of some of the cool stuff in there because I'd heard nothing but shit for so long. Yeah, uh, I mean I, I didn't I didn't have any major turnaround on how I felt about it. Like I thought it was a fun viewing experience with some cool stuff that doesn't really hold together that well as a movie. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I uh I I liked it a good bit more. I feel even more strongly than before that there's a good version of this story that can be chiseled out of this with some really interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Like if you just told me a streamlined story of like Bruce Wayne coming back to thinking he can be Batman, getting cocky about it, Bane smacking him down, Bane enacting a more simple version of his plan where he just wants to sort of turn Gotham on itself using the threat of a nuclear weapon and then Batman coming back and defeating that threat. Like, I'd love that movie. Yeah. Like, that would be great. Um, but they, they just overstuffed it and overcomplicated it. And I think that meant that they couldn't refine the parts that, you know, they they wanted to. And it ended up being just this big, bloated, stupid mess. Right. Um, yeah. So that's that's that. Um, watch it again. Have three or four cocktails first. <laughs> um, it's not like the good parts are good enough that I'd recommend watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worth seeing. But it's, uh, but it's, it's still not, it's not good. No. Um, it's much better than I remembered it being, but it's still not good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's Dark Knight Rises. What are we, what are we watching next week? Shit. I hadn't really thought about it. Um, oh man. Uh, you get to listen to the process right now, guys. <laughs> Shit. What was on my docket? I can't remember. Uh, do you have any thoughts? On what um, we can do? It's uh, your turn to pick, man. Yeah, I know. Fuck me. Um, something to watch. 
This is how the sausage gets made, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Amadeus is something I've been meaning to watch Ooh, again forever. We can I do haven't that. watched Amadeus since high school. All right, that would be yeah, a good second watch for yeah, you. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah we're going to watch fucking Amadeus. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be better than this bullshit. You want to do a director's cut or normal? Uh, I've never seen the director's cut. Let's okay. do that. Yeah, we can do like the the cut comparison version of this show. Awesome. Yeah. Then we're continuing the trend of me suggesting movies I hated <laughs> and you suggesting actual good stuff. So that's good. I think the only good movie I've suggested so far is Groundhog Day. Um, <laughs> were you Wizard of Oz? Uh, I was Wizard of Oz, yeah. yeah. Um, I give that halfway. <laughs> yeah, Wizard of Oz is pretty good. Anyway, that's uh, that's Reef Rad Reviews. We'll be back in a couple of weeks um, talking about something better than this. All right. Thanks, folks.